Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Creepy is proud to be a part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. A month's worth of scary programming heads to Hulu, with its annual Huluween celebration starting today. Viewers can head to Hulu's personalized Halloween-themed hub for a bone-chilling selection of popular Halloween TV shows and movies, featuring 800 premium Halloween titles and more than 5,000 episodes of new and library TV series. The curated experience will also bring fans exclusive new content throughout the month, including seven spooky short films from up-and-coming filmmakers, selected in collaboration with the Sundance Institute, and the premieres of returning original series Castle Rock, Light as a Feather, and Into the Dark and the highly anticipated Hulu original films Little Monsters and Wounds. This show and the 31 Days of Horror is made possible thanks to our patrons. So please join me in welcoming and thanking new patrons Gabriel O'Neill, Haley Smith, Caitlin Redenbaugh, Stephen LePage NPC, Ashley Wilkerson, Lenai, Shalina Taylor, Gina Kazupi, and Jordan A. Wood. Our patrons make this show possible. That's why for all of October 2019, new patrons at the $5 or above level get, in addition to their rewards, a limited edition Creepy Podcast refrigerator magnet to go along with their shoutouts, bonus episodes, and more. If you'd like to support this podcast and get rewards on top of rewards for doing so, please check out patreon.com slash creepypod. And as promised, my recommendation before this episode is to check out one of my favorite all-time podcasts, My Neighbors Are Dead. You've heard the ads before. If you haven't listened, you absolutely are missing out. Please check out the link for My Neighbors Are Dead in the show notes. Now. This is Creepy. A podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents The 31 Days of Horror Day 1 The Wicker House Written by Shadow Swimmer 77. Of course, everyone claiming residence in Arthur's Wake knows tales associated with the Wicker House. It seems that every small province plays host to some structure of ill repute, which, as if by supernatural magnetism, 
draws rumors of ghosts and bogies, wrapping the timber and stone of its foundation in a shroud of darkness and horror. In Arthur's wake, the wicker house fills this odious task. Scant days after arriving in town, while taking the time to familiarize myself with the local watering hole and its residents, I became introduced to the well-known superstitions surrounding the wicker house. As a man of science, I knew any truths to be found in these outlandish stores were likely embellished to points unrecognizable. Nothing was first-hand. All experiences were from a friend who knew a fellow who may have seen something. It's in the provincial mind which transforms wild dogs into wolves that walk like men and interprets astronomical phenomena as harbingers of certain doom. Still, my curiosity sufficiently piqued. I endeavored to better inform myself upon the subject through more objective means. To my great surprise, while failing to confirm the more supernatural claims of the tale, the town records in the basement of the local library did provide aspect to the most sinister reality all their own. The house was built in 1920 by the millionaire Thomas Wicker, who, in addition to being both a successful oil prospector and fishing magnate, was by all accounts completely insane. No one knows what first drew Wicker to Arthur's wake. Some speculate this as the first outward sign of his impending madness. What is known was that the foundations of the house which would come to assume his name were poured almost immediately upon his arrival. The structure was supremely modest for a man of Wicker's means, rising a mere two stories in height and composed of scarcely a dozen rooms plus cellar and attic for storage. The house was built on Blackwood Drive, a major tributary of the town's main street, and close to the industrial center, such as it was. The plot itself consisted of about a quarter acre, a yard home to a few blossoming trees, and a small garden, the whole of which was surrounded by a high wrought iron fence accessed by a similar gate. The posts of this formidable perimeter were topped by wicked spikes to discourage would-be trespassers. Construction concluded rapidly in the autumn of 1920 saw Wicker take up residence in the house accompanied by a maid, groundsman, and his wife. The lady of the house quickly became the subject of gossip among the townsfolk. During the construction, Wicker had boarded his wife in parts unknown. None could recall when she arrived at the house. One day she was simply there. As a groundskeeper cared for the exterior yard and garden and the maid handled all domestic chores including trips to market, the lady was herself never seen to exit the house. Due to this complete lack of socialization, the townsfolk did not learn so much about the woman as her Christian name. The servants themselves shed no light upon the subject. The man hailed from a remote part of the dark continent and the woman appeared to be a mixed breed, vaguely of the Orient. Wicker had acquired the service of each while abroad for business dealings and neither spoke a word of English. Naturally, the Lady Wicker was the object of most persistent rumor. Early speculation was she suffered from some exotic malady which left her drawn and bedridden. These theories were repudiated by those few who would occasionally spy her from the street. In each case, she was seen exclusively at night staring forlornly through the second-story window of what was assumed to be her bedchamber, lit only by candlelight from within, 
and to all appearances the picture of health. Additionally, there was little chance the typical damp and sunless climate of the wake would be prescribed to improve one's constitution by even the most inept physicians. As common folks are wont to do, with a logical explanation absent, more fantastic theories were crafted. Some began to speculate the woman was a witch, others an enslaved angel won by a wicker whilst dicing with Satan. What all who observed her agreed upon was her singular beauty. I gleaned much of this information from archives of the local paper, especially one curiosity piece which was accompanied by a photograph of the lady in question. The scene was just as I had heard described, the single lonely prisoner peering through the window and across that terrible iron fence into the darkness of the night. The photograph was muddled due to the quality of the prehistoric equipment and the lack of natural light, effectively obscuring the lady's features. Indeed, it was difficult to distinguish whether the blurred form was in fact human, though it did project an impression of unmistakable femininity. And yet, even through that grayish haze, I could perceive a certain piercing, almost hypnotic quality of her eyes. Wicker himself was something of a mystery, though considerably less so than his pride. An attractive man, tall, dark-haired, and well-featured, many a young woman found herself undeniably jealous of the seldom-observed Lady Wicker. Though often away for long periods on business excursions, at home Wicker would frequent the only drinking establishment in the wake, an illicit locale consistently ignored by the well-bribed police force charged with upholding prohibition. Although he had known in town that might be explicitly named Friend, Wicker was known to purchase drinks for the house on his occasions of patronage, and was as such engaged in conversation by no few number of fellow revelers. It never took long for Wicker's tongue to be sufficiently loosened, at which time he would regale the latest pastel of hangers-on with fantastic stories of his journeys abroad, forbidden hoodoo rites in the Caribbean, strange tribal sacrifices in the heart of Africa, dead men who walked in Eastern Europe, and countless others, each one stranger and blacker than the last. Though Wicker never spoke of his wife directly, these tales only served to expound upon the rumors of her origins. Things progressed much in this way for some five years. Wicker would travel and carouse upon his return. The servants went about their business without comment or complaint. The townsfolk gossiped. The lady remained a shut-in. The horror occurred without warning. The events that took place on the eve of Samhain in the year 1925 have gone down in the history of Arthur's Wake as unembellished fact. Among the town records, I discovered the report of the patrolman dispatched to respond to the disturbance at the Wicker House. The narrative was itself accompanied by the most gruesome of photographs from the scene in question. I will summarize their contents directly. Thomas Wicker returned from his latest trip abroad on the 31st of October. Having stopped briefly at home, he arrived at the aforementioned drinking establishment in a clearly agitated state. The always impeccably dressed wicker was sloppily garbed, one shirt tail hanging out of his trousers, shoes scuffed beyond repair. It was obvious he had not recently bathed or shaved. His well-groomed hair was must, and his eyes were bloodshot and wild. Approaching the bar, 
He seized an entire bottle of liquor, took several long swallows without use of a glass, and ignored all attempts of other patrons to engage him in conversation. Taking a final drink from the bottle, he placed his wallet and the entirety of its contents on the bar, smashed the now almost empty receptacle upon the ground, and exited with astonished eyes of all present following him. That this entire portion of the episode occurred within the completely illegal establishment is not lost on me, although it apparently was on the investigating patrolmen. As I have said, they were well bribed. Hello, Bill Band here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. That no mortal eye remains which observed what happened next is surely proof of a merciful God. The two patrolmen who first came upon the scene were summoned by terrified reports of shrill cries and demonic cackles. Long-term veterans and hard men both, they were nevertheless ill-prepared for what they would soon find at the wicker house. Armed with a lantern and clubs in hand, the men carefully approached the dwelling now ominously quiet. The great iron gate was open askew as was the oaken door at the top of the steps leading to the interior of the house. Receiving no response to their shouted inquiries, the patrolman cautiously entered the foyer and proceeded to search the ground floor. They found the first horror in the kitchen. The maid had been tied with thick hemp rope to a large table, limbs spread and secured to each of the four legs. She was naked, the butcher knife which had been used to slit her throat permanently sheathed in her heart. Glistening blood dripped from the cruel altar, slowly pooling on the floor while telltale splatters painted the walls like macabre decoration. The patrolmen shared a glance of mutual, unbelieving dread, tightened their grips upon their clubs, and continued to search the premises in complete, terrified silence. Having determined the cellar empty through a brief yet understandably taut examination, they exited the back door to the yard and discovered the groundsman's body. A thick wooden stake had been erected in the center of the garden, 
and crossed by a perpendicular beam. The man hung naked, suspended from the crossbeam by spikes harshly driven through his wrists and ankles in a grotesque simulacrum of Christ's crucifixion. He had been disemboweled, ropey innards pouring out of his belly dripping blood and excrement. Horrified, the patrolmen reluctantly agreed that a premature conclusion of their search to summon reinforcements would provide a very dangerous murderer a chance to escape. The men re-entered the house and agonizingly proceeded up the winding stair to the second floor. Systematically, they searched each room, uncovering nothing, until only one remained, the bedchamber of the elusive Lady Wicker. Eyes wide, heart pounding wildly, the lead man slowly eased the latch. Raising their clubs, the men burst through the door and stopped dumbfounded. The room was completely dark and empty, devoid of trappings or furniture of any kind. By a thin beam of their lantern light, the men saw that strange occult symbols had been scrawled on every surface of the room, though those on the far wall had been somehow marred. Of the murderous Thomas Wicker or his mysterious wife, there was no sign. A noise from above alerted the men to their quarry's location. Returning to the hall, they spied a trapdoor operated by a string which, when pulled, revealed the ladder leading up to the lightless storage space of the attic. The two patrolmen stared at the entrance yawning black and wide as the maw of some infernal creature, beckoning fools to wander to their doom. Unable to decide who would proceed first to men through evens, the unlucky loser took the lantern and ascended the ladder. He stopped halfway through the aperture, Lantern held high to better diffuse its light, and ready to beat a hasty retreat to the relative safety of the hallway below. The attic was in a state of disorder. Strange souvenirs of Wicker's trips abroad stacked haphazardly throughout. The constable slowly played his beam about, gradually revealing each disjointed mound of clutter. At last, light fell upon the attic's far corner, revealing the huddled, gibbering mass of the man they sought. Or, what had been the man. Indeed, whatever reason served to separate man from beast had, sensing it was no longer a suitable dwelling place, fled the form of Thomas Wicker. The handsome features were gone, replaced by deeply sunken cheeks and a hideous grin. As a patrolman stared terrified, he could see the creature was covered in the blood of his victims left below. Hands about his knees, Wicker slowly rocked, babbling to himself. Joined by his fellow, the constable steadily advanced. Arms outreached, they readied to seize the thing that had been Thomas Wicker when his mad eyes shifted upon them and the mutterings stopped. In a moment of seeming clarity, he whispered, She's gone. Before emitting a maniacal howl and leaping to his feet, taken aback, the patrolman hesitated, affording the lunatic room to bound past them to the window and hurl himself through the glass. His desperate shriek gave way to a sickening thud. The men rushed to the broken window. Far below, by the light of the moon, they saw the body of Thomas Wicker jerk spasmatically, impaled by the wicked spikes atop the iron wall. By the time the patrolman descended from the attic, the hideous motion had mercifully stopped. 
The remainder of the report is, compared to the extraordinary events that had thus far taken place, remarkably mundane. Determining that the murderer was indeed dead, the patrolman called for reinforcements. The house was searched in detail, and much speculation was made regarding the fantastic totems and fetishes populating every nook and cranny. All who set foot on the premises were in unanimous agreement that Thomas Wicker was unequivocally mad. Most confounding of all, there was no sign of what fate befell the mysterious Lady Wicker. Taking the lunatic's final utterances related by the patrolman, the investigators deduced that the lady, tired of being regularly abandoned, had fled to parts unknown during Wicker's latest trip abroad. Upon his return, the shock had been enough to push the man into a murderous rage. Since virtually nothing was known of the woman, neither once she came nor even her proper name, no search was mounted and the case dismissed. It is from this point that the tale departs from the realm of logical reason to instead delve into the twisted byways of urban legend. About a month after the death of Thomas Wicker was when the disappearances began, the investigation of which ultimately led to my arrival in Arthur's wake. Parents would put their children to bed at night and find them gone the next morning. Exhaustive searches of the wake uncovered nothing Strangers new to the town were accosted, imprisoned, and, in one instance, lynched by a frightened mob. Some questionable evidence was found on the man's body after the fact, and with the suspect who dared to proclaim his innocence, the police happily declared the case closed. That the pattern of disappearances had continued for more than sixty years would suggest they were mistaken. I've been unable to identify the first to claim seeing a strange light emitted from the long-abandoned window of the Lady Wicker's bedchamber, nor the one who swore he heard the sound of children playing as he hurriedly passed the accursed house. I do know that the tales have spread and grown to the point that they are not so easily dismissed. Shortly, I will ascertain any truth to them that may be. I turn off the small audio recorder I've been speaking into and place it in my pocket as I make the turn onto Blackwood Drive. Heaven knows for whom I make these notes. A lifetime of chasing ghosts, of hunting down tales of creatures that delight the imagination and offend the sensibilities, has thus far provided me no hard evidence of the existence of some supernatural realm dwelling in the darkened shadows of our world. Indeed, each investigation only further affirms which I have long determined. The human mind is a miraculous thing in its unabashed propensity to deceive itself. And yet, I abide. Perhaps this will be the time my perseverance is at last rewarded with even a bare glimpse of that other place. A place every man knows, yet none have seen but in their blackest nightmares. A place of monsters. Slender tendrils of fog quest hungrily between my feet like living things as I approach the ruins of the wicker house. Pushing through the rusted iron gate, I am reminded that, despite my misgivings, I too am human. My mind is readily capable of deception as any other. Indeed, making my way up the front path... 
A trick of the moonlight suggests a soft glow emanating from the second story window as if from a candle lit within and, were it not impossible, the visage of a beautiful woman stares down and smiles at me approvingly. My hand tightens on the knob as children's laughter reaches my ears. I open the door. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.